Hello, and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel Podcast. The fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican, Anglican. podcast Anglican. in the entire Fox Chapel area. <laughs> I'm joined just by Ben today. We're just mixing it up a little bit. And a host of phantom listeners. Yes. Is there anybody there, said the traveller, knocking at the old indoor. Welcome to Poetry Hour. <laughs> I don't know if you were forced to learn that one at school like I was. Welcome to Poetry Hour. Oh, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah. We have cups of tea on the table. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. I think that's going to pick up. And I'm sorry if you hear any gulping. But I once listened to a podcast with the Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams. And it was very long. And he was drinking tea. And you could hear every gulp. Yeah. And I thought it was, it was very intimate. I, was, I had headphones on at the time. I felt like I'm listening to the Archbishop's throat. Like, yeah. It's very... That's utterly grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> that's truly awful. Isn't that the same? I don't know how Rowan did it so beautifully. Maybe that's why... I'm, I'm no Rowan Williams. He was in charge. Yeah. We're in Second Timothy chapter 3. Yes. Uh, get yourself a cup of tea. And uh, who will read for us? (laughs) (laughs) You can go ahead if you want. Oh, cheers. Let's do half each. All right. Chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Yannis and Yambris opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, I love this. I, I thought it was Janus and Jambres. I had oh, no idea. Janus and Jambres. Well, I think you're probably correct. Uh, it's it's uh, tomato, tomato. Right, and it's made up anyway, right? So, um, mm-hmm. this oh, is a reference to this is a reference to some magicians from the Old Testament who are unnamed in Scripture. Ah, where but does that come from? What, I guess it was like a cultural thing that that um, you know, in their culture and their context, they'd given names to these characters. But I don't think that I could be wrong. But I don't think Scripture actually names them. Yeah, um, no, they don't. It's, it must have been from the the Mishnah, maybe, or perhaps. Yeah, it was um, certainly everyone would know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, we don't. So but there, were, there were just to clarify, there were like scripture, or there were uh, Jewish documents that went around that people studied that had a certain level of authority, mm-hmm. right? Like just mm-hmm. like we would study, I don't know, maybe uh, the works of. Ben Wolpe. Ben Wolpe. <laughs> After he writes his... Authoritative documents. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but they weren't scripture, but they would sort of like elaborate right. and sometimes yeah. add sort of like an interesting backstory that isn't yeah. necessarily true, but elaborates the point. Yeah. 
that's right. That's so they know who this is. And, okay. Um, yeah. It's a reference to Exodus. And um, I actually have it tabbed in my Bible because it is going to be our first reading. And we won't need to get into it. But just mm. in Exodus chapter 7, uh, Moses and Aaron are approaching Pharaoh. And uh, Pharaoh has these magicians in his court. And so Moses is doing these miraculous signs in front of Pharaoh to show and reveal to Pharaoh the power of God. And these uh, magicians who are using occult powers are basically doing counterfeit miracles to mm. uh, undermine the uniqueness of God. And so um, uh, I think, uh, what does it say? Uh, Pharaoh says, prove yourself by working a miracle. Huh. Uh, and uh, so they cast down their staff and it becomes their stick and it becomes a serpent. Um, and so uh, Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. But then Pharaoh summoned the wise men, which we think is this Yanis and Yambres, um, the sorcerers and the magicians of Egypt, and they did the same by their secret arts. So so then the bad guys do the snake thing. For each man cast down his staff, and they became servants, uh, serpents. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. So um, the god snake eats the sorcerer's snake. Yeah. And then I it love says, that part. yeah. And then it says, Ferris heart was hardened. So he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, let's try another trick. Yeah. And it's, just, it's so funny. I, um, I love what you, your term there, counterfeit miracles. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Uh, like we tend to think that like every, just because something is like, uh, impossible to explain scientifically based yeah. on our current knowledge that therefore it's a miracle, but that doesn't necessarily make it a miracle just because it's like, weird or paranormal or something like that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's um not explainable by our current science but that doesn't mean that it's uh good or ought to be pursued in any way shape or form but isn't that a temptation for us in our culture to try and find you know powerful ways of of achieving things that could be done by miracle but we're really using um our human abilities to implore evil Ah. to work and you know so we find that with um, Eastern mysticism, aspects of the New Age, um, yeah. at, the, at the kind of lighter end of things, moving all the way up to outright witchcraft. Yeah. And it's like prevalent in our culture, actually. You just Very don't hear so. about, about it yeah. because it's everybody keeps it kind of hush-hush, I guess. Well, you don't want to look like a complete freak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are really dabbling in the occult, uh, in our culture. At the light end... You've got horoscopes in the newspaper. You've got all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Uh, even some of the movies on TV. Yeah. Um, so mm. here we've got this idea, this notion, I think, yeah, Paul is just queuing into uh, a, a kind of deep old story of uh, consistently Satan producing counterfeit miracles, counterfeit people coming uh, to false teachers, coming to look like the real thing and behave like the real thing, but there's something rotten underneath. Mm. Um, that's just in the background. Um, it's not the same. The snake gets eaten by the bigger snake. In the end. Uh, yeah. In the end. That's right. So uh, I guess our controlling metaphor for this series has been the notion of um, of a building and a builder. Yeah. And, and that's something that we've taken from the text, but we've probably amplified more than than the text would, sure. would do on its own. You know, yeah. This is just to help us really get into the letter, and we want to be careful that we don't um, you know, mislead people and suggest that it's only about building a church that serves. Uh, but that's the angle we've taken. 
And I was intrigued. I'd like to get into this. Uh, in chapter 2, uh, last week, he mm-hmm. said in verse 15, do, you, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And in chapter 3, our chapter today, um, he says uh, that you've got this Janus and Jambres, the snake people, um, corrupted in their mind and disqualified regarding the faith. And the word disqualified and the word approved are basically the same word. No. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, isn't that cool? So they're, uh, so Timothy is supposed to be, present yourself as one approved, and they, and Janus and Janus and Jambres, or Janus and Jambres. Who knows? Depending. uh, They are. uh, Unapproved. They're unapproved. Yeah. Qualified, disqualified, approved, unapproved. It's all. Um, It's the same word. It's just the second iteration of it is negative. So, yeah. That that to me, I think, means we're onto something here. That uh, you can build yeah. your church uh, with with one of two powers. You can build your church with one of two types of people. Mm. You can do. You can build a church that looks really like a church, uh, but you can build it wrong. Just like when you're making a building, you can uh, mm. you can get a shady contractor who's doing all the wiring. You know, on, yeah. on the fly without, you know, cutting corners and stuff like that. Or you can build it right and it lo- might look the same to an untrained eye. Until you live with the thing. Yeah. Right. And then you discover, like in the rectory kitchen, that they've actually used um, outlets to join wires and just shove them through the same hole. Mm-hmm. And that so uh, they've kind of melted. Yeah, that's like the Ben Hughes school of electrical wiring right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was trained under, uh, if you just... If the wire's hot, just touch it really fast. Lick and you won't it. get shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. I, so I was asking Bridget this. Do you have the phrase in the US, cowboy builder? <laughs> no. No, that's what she said. So this is a really common phrase in England. A cowboy builder is, is basically just a dodgy contractor who uh, looks like a good builder but cuts corners and, you know, plasters is, over cracks. Is and, that like saying you, you build like an American? Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> oh uh, my dear, I do apologize. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where it comes from, but she said she'd never heard this phrase. So no, I never yeah. heard it either. Oh, that's funny. So uh, Prince Philip was uh, inspecting uh, a building development, and uh, I guess there'd been some little bit that hadn't quite been finished, and, you know, the royals are coming, so they, they just kind of hid it. And he, of course... He loves mischief, loved mischief. So he went and found this sort of mess. And he opened up this curtain and says, oh, this is terrible. And uh, then he got mixed up and he said, this place looks like it was built by Indians. And his sort of equerry says, uh, sir, I think you mean cowboys. Oh, no. <laughs> so it caused great offence, another gaffe. Yeah. And this, is, this is recent? Well, a couple of years ago, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. You don't have that phrase? No. Cow- cowboy builders, cowboys are generally positive image mm-hmm. released until the last few years yeah uh yeah, yeah they were in, in the u.s well paul's warning against cowboy builders yeah that's it uh, that's basically it. and please write in if there's an american idiom equivalent of, yeah. uh, of a shoddy contractor who holds themselves out as being good i mean you know i don't know unionized carpenter and you know my mother used to say it was doing a half hearted Half-hearted job. BB Ad- Adams said this she used a different ana- anatomical term. My first week in this church, BB Adams, who had, had been the head of the altar guild, 
uh, was was arranging the Lord's table. This is the first interaction I had with her. She said, I don't mind telling you, Alex, I've done a half blank job. And I was like, oh, <laughs> don't worry, my love. You know, what's your name? <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so good. But that's not a cowboy builder. No. Right, because she was, first of all, it looked really nice. And secondly, she was being honest. And these people fundamentally are dishonest. Yeah, they're dishonest. Fake and, power. And they're out for the, themselves. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how do we find them? How do we spot them, I guess, would be a logical question. You know, how do you protect yourself from having a shoddy contractor come in and cut corners at your expense? And then mm. you're left with this building that is improperly constructed and evidently is going to burn down. Mm. How do we protect the church from being built by bad builders? Um, there's a whole list here of things to spot them with. Yeah. The Observer's Book of Cowboy Builders. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Do you want me, can I read that list again here? Yeah, it's epic. People in the last days, that's a that's worth defining, the last days. Because the Bible says that we're, means that we're in the last days. Yeah, right? sorry, I was drinking a cup of tea and I'd muted my mic. But yeah. Um, oh, wow, you're very concerned. So I don't want to subject people to a, a non-episcopal gulp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're in the last days, right? Um, it says people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. That's one that you don't hear very often. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. Nothing you ever do will be good enough for oh, them. Oh, yeah. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness. There's that superficial thing. It yeah. looks like a good thing. It has it's the appearance not. of godliness. Yeah. Yeah. What does that what does that look like? Um but denying its power. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you have the appearance of godliness but deny its power? Like in everyday life. Maybe you say like the right Yeah. religious platitudes. Christi uh Christianese. Christianese, yeah. You talk yeah. the lingo. Yeah. You s- or, you know, I don't know, showy deposits of cash. You know, the, the bag comes around at the offertory and, you know, dollar going in. And, you know, you sort of, you're looking, making out, you're holding out that you are yeah. somehow, you know, bankrolling this thing. Mm. But like the Pink Panther, you've tied a little tiny string to that dollar and you're going to whip it back out again when uh-huh. the funny nose man isn't looking. Yeah. Pink Panther giving. Pink Panther giving. I definitely think that's part of it. Um, I mean, the language is so so much in contrast with, you know, for example, last week we were looking at the idea of, of correcting people gently, and there's all this stuff about, you know, peace and gentleness and patience. That's what characterizes a real worker approved by God, that and their use of the truth. Mm. And um, here, there's, there's no reference to Scripture at all uh, in their behavior. They're, they're doing stuff themselves in their own power. And and what they bring is brutality. Yeah. I mean, we, so, you know, I don't want to digress too much, but uh, we both, I think, warmly commend the um, the Mars Hill podcast. Very popular right now. Yeah, we don't, I don't, yeah, definitely. It's, it's worth listening to. Long-form journalism examining a, a church that was doing really well but kind of collapsed in on itself because of, of really a brutal leadership style. 
Mm. Yeah. Aggressive. Very aggressive. Lots of machismo. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the person at the top was unwilling to address their own shadow. Right. Their own dark side. Yeah, I, that's right. I think, I think if you're going to be building a church, you've got to be honest about your own vulnerabilities um, and your own failings. Yeah. Pointing to God and admitting you've made mistakes. It's so disarming when someone does that. Yeah. It really is, yeah. I think. Um, I've, I've noticed this in myself in several different friendships that there are, uh, I tend to be, my walls tend to come down uh, the moment that someone shows real honesty and real vulnerability mm. and even real brokenness. Mm. I suddenly feel significantly safer with that person. Um, yeah. And willing to share my own stuff because I'm like, well, we're we're both in you know the the ground's level at the foot of the cross. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, the minute the, you start showing grace, other people are, are drawn to that. I was also observing this the Sunday that the time, the weeks when I am usually at my kind of weakest or feeling most broken are the weeks when I really experience. Seems like God moves powerfully, yeah. and I I wonder if it's just because. There's just like less of me standing in the way in that time that mm. I'm just like a little bit lower. And so God's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. And you've got that idea at the beginning of this thing about pr- pride and arrogance. Mm. Yeah. And uh, you know, the disobedient to parents is interesting as well because we've been talking off and on about the value of uh, intergenerational relationships. And, you know, taking that, that uh, instruction or metaphor and or make, taking that instruction and, make, and making it metaphorical. Mm. There are spiritual parents in in our life that aren't necessarily our biological ones or adoptive ones. And and how great it is to have, um, you know, people who've walked with God a long time. You don't even have to be. You know, there could be someone in our church who's walked with God for longer than me, who is younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's authority. I mean, the word I think that comes to me is authority, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, yeah. We all, everyone's under an authority. Yes. And some people are, have people who they're in authority over and the, everyone has to steward that with humility, I think. Mm. Um, I think it's really interesting that these, these people, um, I almost get the sense that Paul has some specific names in mind here. I think so. uh, Underline under this, but. Well, um, Well, I think you're absolutely right. Definitely, there's a sense that they're talking about someone because then we get this difficult phrase, which I, we have to talk about, So, which is in verse 6. So um, there are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. And uh, I don't think he's saying all women are weak. All dodgy builders are men. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, you know, women are hopeless and men are all untrustworthy. I don't think that's his point at all. I, I feel that he must be referencing an actual event in the town that they all knew. Yeah. No idea what it is. Also, in the ancient world, I mean, who is who would be the most um, vulnerable population ad- among adults? Probably the widow, right? Because uh, you, there was no, like, social security. Mm-hmm. Women couldn't get jobs in that um, yeah. culture. So you're pretty much just stuck on your own if you're if you don't have family around you that was your own inst- only institutional support 
So um, yeah. it's not that women are necessarily weak, but that there happened to be weak pe- people who were vulnerable who happened to be women. And some con men of some kind have come in and taken advantage of them in some way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot left to the imagination. Yeah. But someone someone seeking to serve themselves has come in to make something out of these people who actually need help. <laughs> it sounds like a megachurch pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, like... Um, we'll we'll give a nice sounding mission and uh, mm. create this institution that will uh, glorify the the head pastor. And what happens in in the wake of it is that a lot of vulnerable people get really hurt, right. and their faith is all but destroyed. There were these. There's a show on British TV about um, you know con men who approach people uh, on the internet and kind of convince them that they're kind of going out with each other, convince them they're about to get married and all this kind of thing. And uh, usually a best friend on this TV show will will say, will fi- figure out that actually the whole thing is bogus and money has changed hands. And wow. uh, they even lift a photograph from the internet, these con, pe- these con artists, uh, and say, look, this is me, you know, I'm coming to see you soon. And it's just completely bogus. And... Um, you know, I think there's something like that going on here, that when we're vulnerable, we're actually more, in our desperation, more likely to trust people than when we're on a strong footing. Yeah. And and that is the nature of this, this kind of predatory building, predatory leadership. Yeah, for sure. I think that, that when you when you have fewer, uh, fewer uh, supports around you, you're mm-hmm. more likely to cling to whatever comes. I'll never forget when I was a hospital chaplain, there was a woman who I came and visited in her room and, uh, she was so glad. Um, and I came the next day and she said, um, you're not going to believe what, what happened. I really think that God's moving in my life. I turned on the TV and she was in tremendous financial difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, and she turned on the TV that night and there was some televangelist preaching, and she and she felt that God was speaking speaking to her, and the man said to send eight hundred dollars. Uh. Uh, so she she did, uh. Uh, and I just it broke my heart. Like this this woman who is so so vulnerable, is being preyed on by these crooks claiming God's will. Yeah, that's um, abusive. It's that's spiritual abuse. It's a love of money. It's spiritual abuse. And um, it's it's reckless because there's there's a trail of carnage behind that you just don't care about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and treacherous. So so we're being warned in a huge list of uh, of of characteristics here what a cowboy builder looks like, and and how to spot them, and yet we all fall for them. Yeah. We in in. In our homes, we we still fall for bad builders. I personally have. Yeah, we have too. I've been this exact. Oh, I'm not talking about builders. I'm thinking spiritual authorities. I've personally been in this. <laughs> think about builders. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's that's welcome to America. Well, you don't run a church in Fox Chapel without cowboy builders coming round giving you the Fox Chapel uplift. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. sorry, I spoke over your story. <laughs> no, no. I'm. I. That's all I was going to say. Oh, okay. They're there. Uh, how? So, last question before we crescendo. Um, or I don't know if you wanted to keep going and wasn't mean to cut I, this I, whole thing short. I, um, 
I can't control the crescendo. It's uh, they they occur naturally and they come. There's uh, it's the the the, the oh, Lucietis yeah. are the ones who determine. Oh yeah, the legitimacy of that's true crescendo. So it's we're not. I mean, they're the authority in this. Let situation. me just make it absolutely clear. I have no control over this matter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the person with the slider is not the one in control. No, I was just thinking. <laughs> um, I was just thinking that like. How do we, where's the gospel in this, right? Um, oh, you mean like in a sermon or a Christian church? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what, what is the, okay, so there's people who are going to come and try to take advantage of you. I, I found it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, it's, uh, it is verse eight. So uh, Janus and Yambras, let's uh, split the difference. Opposed Moses. So these men also the truth and truth in this letter has been uh you know the euphemism for the gospel because mm. we the workmen approved by god who um handles the word of truth mm. scripture um so uh all of these things are the opposite of truth and uh, it talks about the power of god um as well i think denying the power of god is in here somewhere uh, oh yeah that's in verse um verse five so the the cowboy builders deny the power of god and um, they oppose the truth. The alternative is the truth and the power of God. I think there's the gospel. Yeah. I, I, it took me to John 10. Uh, I Go was thinking then. about the, the the power of God and the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. Now I can, I, can hear the, the, uh, I can hear them in the distance playing. Um, the uh, he says i am the way the truth and the life and um i am the good shepherd you know in contrast to bad shepherds we have a shepherd who will never let us go who puts us who puts his people ahead of himself always who is willing to suffer and take the utmost humility in order to serve um and and ensure the security of the most vulnerable which is all of us oh Wow. I'm noticing that they never they never come when you crescendo. It's always someone else. It's interesting. I uh, it's a strange I'm, thing. I'm a rambling man. <laughs> said the, said, I'm just gonna stop there. <laughs> yeah. You, this yeah, I have no control over this. They like what you've said and I have to respect their verdict on this matter. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We're very glad that you joined us. We'll see you all again soon. Enjoy, everyone.